0: Chapter 32 Of A Mind That Found Itself by Clifford Whittingham Beers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. Read by Tom Daly. Chapter 32 My Heart's Desire is a true phrase. Since 1900, when my own breakdown occurred, not fewer than one million men and women in the United States alone have for like causes had to seek treatment in institutions thousands of others have been treated outside of institutions while other thousands have received no treatment at all yet to use the words of one of the most conservative and best-informed psychiatrists no less than half of the enormous toll which mental disease takes from the youth of this country can be prevented by the application largely in childhood, of information and practical resources now available. Elsewhere is an account of how my plan broadened from reform to cure, from cure to prevention, how far, with the cooperation of some of this country's ablest specialists and most generous philanthropists, it has been realized, nationally and internationally, through the new form of social mechanism known as societies, committees, leagues or associations for mental hygiene more fundamental however than any technical reform cure or prevention indeed a condition precedent to all these is a changed spiritual attitude toward the insane they are still human they love and hate and have a sense of humour the worst are usually responsive to kindness in not a few cases their gratitude is livelier than that of normal men and women any person who has worked among the insane and done his duty by them can testify to cases in point and even casual observers have noted the fact that the insane are oftentimes appreciative consider the experience of thackeray as related by himself in vanity fair chapter fifty seven i recollect he writes seeing years ago at the prison for idiots and madmen at near paris a poor wretch bent down under the bondage of his imprisonment and his personal infirmity to whom one of our party gave a halfpenny worth of snuff in a cornet or screw of paper the kindness was too much he cried in an anguish of delight and gratitude if anybody gave you and me a thousand a year or saved our lives we could not be so affected a striking exhibition of fine feeling on the part of a patient was brought to my attention by an assistant physician whom i met while visiting a state hospital in massachusetts it seemed that the woman in question had at her worst caused an endless amount of annoyance by indulging in mischievous acts which seemed to verge on malice at that time therefore no observer would have credited her with the exquisite sensibility she so signally displayed when she had become convalescent and was granted a parole which permitted her to walk at will about the hospital grounds after one of these walks taken in the early spring she rushed up to my informant and with childlike simplicity told him of the thrill of delight she had experienced in discovering the first flower of the year in full bloom a dandelion, which, with characteristic audacity, had risked its life by braving the elements of an uncertain season. Did you pick it? asked the doctor. I stooped to do so, said the patient. Then I thought of the pleasure the sight of it had given me, so I left it, hoping that someone else would discover it and enjoy its beauty as I did. Thus it was that a woman, while still insane, unconsciously exhibited perhaps finer feelings than did ruskin tennyson and patmore on an occasion the occurrence of which is vouched for by mr julian hawthorne these three masters out for a walk one chilly afternoon in late autumn discovered a belated violet bravely putting forth from the shelter of a mossy stone not until these worthies had gone down on all fours and done ceremonious homage to the flower did they resume their walk. Suddenly Ruskin halted, and, planting his cane in the ground, exclaimed, I don't believe, Alfred, Coventry, I don't believe that there are in all England three men besides ourselves who, after finding a violet at this time of year, would have had forbearance and fine feeling enough to refrain from plucking it the reader may judge whether the unconscious display of feeling by the obscure inmate of a hospital for the insane was not finer than the self-conscious raptures of those three men of world-wide reputation is it not then an atrocious anomaly that the treatment often meted out to insane persons is the very treatment which would deprive some sane persons of their reason miners and shepherds who penetrate the mountain fastness sometimes become mentally unbalanced as a result of prolonged loneliness, but they usually know enough to return to civilization when they find themselves beginning to be affected with hallucinations. Delay means death. Contact with sane people, if not too long postponed, means an almost immediate restoration to normality. This is an illuminating fact. Inasmuch as patients cannot usually be set free to absorb, as it were, sanity in the community, it is the duty of those entrusted with their care to treat them with the utmost tenderness and consideration. After all, said a psychiatrist who had devoted a long life to working among the insane, both as an assistant physician and later as superintendent at various private and public hospitals, what the insane most need is a friend these words spoken to me came with a certain startling freshness and yet it was the sublime and healing power of this same love which received its most signal demonstration two thousand years ago at the hands of one who restored to reason and his home that man of scripture who had his dwelling among the tombs and no man could bind him no not with chains What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. End of chapter thirty two End of A Mind That Found Itself by Clifford Whittingham Beers